Lions, Bengals, and Bears, none of my guys scared. Chase rumbling, any one of them guys there. Wayne Young and he hungry, I pray we patient with him. I pray he leave with some money, I pray he leave with his health. Yeah, uh, the physical and mental. The thing I like about football is that stats kill opinions. This rap shit, I lick the niggas, I ain't about to knock it. This whole summer I was buying all the winter product. And I tried being peaceful, but my peace was getting bothered. So no doubt we got them Eagles, we go Carson Wentz, Stefani. Okay, 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 what's going on ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 172 of Electrified, I'm your host, Eric Lyons. What's going on ladies and gentlemen, happy Saturday, uh, this is a special Saturday edition of Electrified, I hope everybody's having a great weekend, uh, we're in the middle of our weekend here, uh, whether, I don't know what you're doing right now, if you're cleaning or um, if you're unfortunately on your way to work, wherever you are right now, listen to this, I hope you enjoy this episode, this is a episode that it took me some time to prepare for because uh, I, I just feel like I've constantly had to talk about stuff like this over the last four years, and it's, it's frustrating. It's frustrating because there's no real change happening, and the only way that we may might get some change is for someone to have to risk their entire livelihood. So, it, it strikes a nerve, and I had to take a couple of days to let my emotions settle, because I didn't want to come on here completely emotional, and I, I didn't want to do that, so I wanted to come on here and, and more logical, and be able to articulate the things I want to say without raising my voice or cursing, you understand what I'm saying? Um, so, bear with me. Today is going to be a good episode. don't know how long it's going to be. Um, I just want to get some things off my chest and talk about some things. So sit back, relax, whatever you're doing, enjoy this, learn something. Understand what I'm saying? Because this is not the first time I've done this. So I'm just reiterating stuff I've already said. But if you didn't hear it the first time I said it, if you didn't hear it the second time I said it, if you didn't hear it the third time I said it, let's hear it today. So... If you don't know, currently in the NFL, the National Football League, arguably the biggest league in the, in America, um, you know, the, we got the Super Bowl next week. Uh, you know, that's a big thing, and the ratings have been high this season, and it's been a good year for the league. But if you didn't know, there is currently one black head coach in the NFL. Just one. And that black head coach is Mike Tomlin. He has had 15 straight winning seasons. One black head coach. In a league where most of the league is black, most of the stars in the league are black, we have one black head coach. And... Some people may not see that as a problem, but most people do. If you don't see it as a problem, you are the problem. You are. That's a problem. How can, as a black man, how can you be good enough to risk it all on the field 
but you can't put a headset on and run a football team. That's a problem. And it's 2022. I think that's the biggest thing for me. It's 2022. It's not 2002. It's not 1992. It's not 1982. It's not 1972. It's not 1962. It's two, It's 2022. But in, 20, in 2002, the Rooney Rule was born. And a lot of you 2000 babies were born, but that's neither here nor there. But the Rooney Rule was born in 2002. What's the Rooney Rule? I'll tell you what the Rooney Rule is. Rooney Rule basically states that each organization uh, has to uh, interview a person of color, at least one person of color, um, during their hiring process, you know, when they're looking for a head coach. Now, you would have thought this rule was born out of good faith or born out of, uh, you know, oh, man, we need to make the league more colorful. We need to change things. these things. That's That's not why the Rooney Rule was conceived it's not it's not you know history they they try to a lot of they try to change history and try to make it seem like oh we did this we did this it's not true it's not true because i thought the Rooney rule was done out of good faith i thought oh man they wanted to change some things no no the way the Rooney rule has been spun as if it was done out of good faith for the sake of change is simply not true. The rule came about because outside pressure was applied on the league. Somebody from the outside had to say, yo, this is not right. This needs to change. That's what got the ball rolling on the change. And not just anybody. Not just anybody. It wasn't somebody like me. It wasn't a regular person. Uh, Civil rights attorney Cyrus Mary and Johnny Cochran Jr. Yes, Johnny Cochran Jr. If the gloves don't fit, you must acquit. That Johnny Cochran came together and put together a case and threatened to sue the league over its treatment of black coaches and their uh, unfair hiring processes. So the brother who got OJ off had to come down and talked in NFL. That's that's how bad it was in 2002. This was in 2002. 20 years ago. They then came together with John Wooten, who connected them with the owner of the Steelers at the time, Dan Rooney. Uh, Rooney was a very progressive owner, right? He was one of the, the good guys, right? Um, in 2002, the owners came together to create the Rooney Rule, which requires each organization to interview at least one candidate of color. Now, on the surface, it's like, okay, they got to interview somebody of color, but just one? Just one? Compared to how many white candidates would you have? That alone is a problem. It's like, here, damn. Like, you know, when somebody keep asking you for something like a kid come up to you like, oh, can I have that? Can I have a chip? Can I have a chip? Can I piece of candy? Can I do here? Damn here. That's what it is. It's not really to satisfy me or even satisfy the person that you're giving it to. It's just to get them away from you. It's just to get them off your back. And that's what they did with the Rooney rule. We have to get these people off our backs. We have to get these people who think we're racist off our backs. So here, damn. 
you know what? We'll interview one black candidate. We'll interview interview one person of color. Does that mean we're going to hire them? Does that mean we're going to give them a fair shake? No. But we're following the rule, right? There's always a loophole, right? Are we going to treat them with the same respect we're going to treat our white candidates? No. But it's the ruling rule. At least we're giving them a chance, right? That's what y'all wanted. So let's stay in 2002. Tony Dungy was fired by the Bucks. And Dennis Green was fired by the Vikings after they both had multiple playoff appearances and winning seasons. I mean, Dennis Green had the Vikings at 15-1. and one. Tony Dungy was just coming off a playoff appearance and got fired. It does not matter how good you are. You will never be good enough as a black man in this league. It's simply true. And I told you guys this a while ago, the parallels between... Black coaches and black quarterbacks. I mean, think about what I talked about last week with the young quarterbacks in the league and how they were rattling off names and, and, and they still failed to mention Lamar because of the season Lamar just had. That was riddled. The Ravens were riddled with injury. Lamar got hurt. Of course, he wasn't going to have a great season. But people soon forget the, the Ravens were the number one seed at one point in the season. The Ravens had the thriller with the Colts, beat the Chiefs. He beat the Chiefs too. So, it's just like, bro, if you're not the unanimous MVP like Lamar was, there is no middle ground. You can't have a down season. You can't. You cannot have a down season as a black quarterback in this league. As a black coach, there is no middle ground. You can't go 8-8. Eight and eight. You can't go 6-10. and 10. You can't. It's either... Yo, you're Mike Tomlin, or you're not. That's it, and that's all. And even Mike Tomlin, with 15 straight winning seasons, told remember I talked about this a couple years, what was it, last year when the Steelers started off 10-0? Prior to that, they talked about, is Mike Tomlin on the hot seat? Come on, man. What are we doing here? What are we doing here? So let's move to 2003, when the rule is officially implemented. You could tell it was doomed for the, from the start. Like I said, just because you have to interview uh, one person of color does not mean that the process will be the same as it is for their white counterparts. Does that mean they will actually get the job? But think about that, though. One, you're required to just interview one. I'm not saying they did just interview one, but if you're just required to interview one and you don't have any plans of hiring, hiring one, of course you're just going to go ahead and fill the status quo. Yeah, we're just gonna we're just gonna hire uh, interview one. So you compare that to the number of white counterparts that you're, uh, white candidates that you're uh, interviewing. Let's say you have six candidates on your radar, right? And one of them happen to be black, and the rest of them are not black. So they're like point sixteen percent, sixteen percent, like. That's how low. So the odds of you becoming a head coach as a black man compared uh, facing off against five other ones, it's very low. It's very low. Very low. So low that <laughs> not only are your chances slim, but the chances of you having the respect uh, in a real interview are even lower. So Jerry Jones interviewed Bill Parcells for two days. 
and gave Dennis Green a 20-minute phone interview. And Bill Parcells got the job. So you vetted one guy, took your time with him, gave him a two-day interview. That's what you do when you respect somebody as a head coach. And you take your time. You want to make sure he's a good fit for your team. Want to make sure that he's a good fit for what the culture that you got going on and what you're trying to accomplish here. Then you pick up your phone. Pick up a telephone. You don't fly Dennis Green out. You don't fly to Dennis Green. You don't bring Dennis Green to your facilities. You don't come show him around. You don't You don't give him a layout of what your culture is and what you have planned for the future. No. You give him a phone call. How long does the phone call last? 20 minutes. What the hell did you learn in 20 minutes from a man? What do you gain? What information do you gain from somebody in 20 minutes? How can you tell in 20 minutes, oh, this is the guy I want? You can't. That's the point. Because it's not the guy you want. You don't care about the guy that you're talking to for 20 minutes. You don't respect the guy that you're talking to for 20 minutes. You don't want to hire the guy that you talk to for 20 minutes. You know why you talk to him for 20 minutes? You had to fill a, you had to fill something out. You had to fill out the status quo. You had to fill a, you had to check a box. You had to X out a box. Oh yeah, check that box off. Now back to what I was doing. That's how I was. That's how I was. That's how I went. You want to get nastier? Let's stay in 2003. The Lions GM at the time, Matt Miller. Brought in black candidates to show them the team facilities. So he got them in the building. He didn't give them a, call, a phone call. He said, you know what, black candidates, come on out. I'm going to fly you out to Detroit. I don't know why anybody would, would want to come to Detroit, but I'll fly you guys out to Detroit. It's not sunny out here. We don't got no beaches. Um, you know, come on out to Detroit, right? Come look at the facilities. Brought them out there just to tell them he was going to hire Steve Mariucci anyway. So you already know you have your guy. You have your guy. You literally know that. You know you have your guy. And still, you bring these guys out, waste their time, waste your time, when they don't have a chance. Just so you look good. Just so you can check your box. That's all it is. It's checking a box. And this not this is not just in the NFL. This applies to the real world as well. When they try to diversify, diversify these companies, like I like I told you guys, uh, you remember you know in 2020 when all the uh, the Black Lives Matter stuff was going on and you know stuff was hot outside and you know then all of a sudden all of these different brands and remember the Blackout Tuesday stuff like it's the same thing, man. It's the same thing. Do these people genuinely care? We don't, I don't. We will never know. But it looks good. It looks good. Oh, yeah, by the way, uh, I love Mooch. Don't got a problem with Mooch. But Steve Mariucci would end up getting fired two seasons later. I Just to throw that out there. So maybe the black candidates that you brought in just to show them around, maybe they were a better candidate than Steve Mariucci at that time. Maybe they wouldn't have gotten fired in two seasons. But, hey, the way the shelf life of a black coach goes, maybe they would have gotten fired in one. Who knows? Who knows? But it's inter interesting, though, when you look back at the Rooney Rule with it being 20 years ago, 
you would think that since then, more black head coaches would have gotten hired. <laughs> you would think. Well, boy, do I have a surprise for you. Since 2002, there have only been 16 black head coaches hired. 16 over the last 20 years. So, with the dozens of hirings and firings, only 16 have filled in the blank over the last 20 years. And the last man standing right now is, of course, Mike Tomlin. The rule hasn't stood the test of time. And neither have blackhead coaches because their time seems to be cut shorter than their white counterparts. We knew that already. 20 years later, nothing has changed. For a league that's supposed to inspire change, who are they inspiring? I'm not inspired. The black candidates who haven't filled any of these current vacancies aren't inspired. Who are you supposed to be inspiring? You're damn sure not expiring any young black uh, coaches in college or young black head coaches in, in high school that may want to move up the ranks or a young black man who, a kid who may want to be a head coach when he grows up. You're not inspiring them. There is no light at the end of the tunnel right now. It doesn't look that way. How can you be, how can you aspire to be something? How can you be aspire to be something? When there's like, how can you have any aspirations since when there's nothing at the top for you? Look at the league. Look at the league. You can be a player. You can be a quarterback. You can be a running back. You can be a wide receiver. You can be a lineman. You can be a middle linebacker. You can be a safety. You can be a fullback. Be a tight end, but you can't be a coach. Can't be a coach. And it's nice though. Seeing that we've got a couple of new black GMs. That's beautiful. Great. They're not owners. We don't have any black owners. That's where that's that's really you want to talk about change? Change starts at the tippy top. At the tippy top. And that's what we're seeing right now. That's what we're seeing right now. So when we get to the B flow stuff. We'll talk more about that. But I'm glad that we're seeing what's really going on. But this is stuff we already knew, though. This is stuff we already knew. So, ultimately, my message to the NFL is stop painting end zones, putting stickers on helmets, running ad campaigns. I mean, come on, dog. Y'all got Mary J. Blige performing one song at the Super Bowl. That's a problem. That's the real that's the real problem too. But let <laughs> make some actual change, man. Make some actual change because you can talk about it. You can talk about change. You can talk about uh, you know, what you're trying to do to diversify the league, but if you're not actually doing it, then what does it it doesn't mean anything. You know, words mean nothing without action. Understand what I'm saying? Like imagine you build a house, beautiful house, right? Beautiful house. I mean, Outside looks great. Looks like one of those Disney Channel houses, right? Like, just a beautiful house. Beautiful, right? 
but you go inside or the wind blows hard enough, your house falls down. You can't, there's no foundation. And that's what it feels like. There's no real foundation. There's no real brick. There's no, there's nothing underground. There's nothing holding the league up, holding this diversity movement up. It's just words, no actions. That's it. And deeper than that, to, to, if you really think about it, the Rooney Rule shouldn't have had to be a thing in the first place. It shouldn't have been. Why is it so hard to give everyone an equal chance, man? Why? Why is it so hard? Why is it so hard? Like, is the power struggle really that serious? Like, do you really have to try to keep these men down? Like, is it really that hard for you to wrap your your brain around a black man being a head coach in the NFL? Why, why is the interview process different? Why? You know what I mean? Like, give the black candidates the same respect you give the white ones. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I'm not telling you to hire someone because they're black. I'm telling you to hire them because they're black and qualified. They're black and qualified. That's another thing. If remember when I uh, when Joe Judge got the Giants job, I put down, I gave you the Coach A, Coach B thing, and I ran off their uh, list of uh, their, their coaching history, their resumes, and compared the two. If a black candidate is obviously more qualified. Than the white one. Why? Why does the white guy get the job? Right. It's all in nine times out of ten. It's not what you know. It's who you know. It's where you come from. You, oh, you coach with Belichick. Oh, you know this. You can know this guy. Oh, here you go. Here you go. Oh, you're under the uh, the Shanahan tree. Oh, here you go. Here you go. It's that's how it is. Is is the it's the um. It's like a country club. It's a club, right? You know somebody. You're getting it. You got connections you're getting in. Like, imagine you go to a club, right? You fresh to death. You look good. You you followed all of the uh, all of the um, dress code requirements and everything. You're feeling good. And then here come a guy with um, khaki shorts on, um, a polo a polo button down that's unbuttoned, and he's got a white tee on. His hat's his back hat's backward. And he's got a pair of Sperry's on, and he goes up into the security guard just lets him right in. But here you are, fresh to death, icy as hell, and he's giving you a hard time. Then you see him get in the club, and he's dapping up the manager of the club. It's all about what you know. It's not always about what you know or how you present yourself. It's who you know. Unfortunately, that's a real-world thing, too. Don't matter how hard you go in school, how many degrees you have. Sometimes it's not what you know, it's who you know. And that's how it goes in the NFL. A lot of these guys are connected. A lot of these guys have friends on coaching staffs. Have friends in the higher, um, in the offices. So it's, they have an in. Can't say the same for these black candidates. They don't really have ends like that. They don't have families, uh, family members, guys like that's been in the league. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. But they're qualified. And can't get a job. 
Then you got coaches getting second chances, right? Getting second and sometimes third chances. But it feels like once a black head coach is fired, it's back to being a coordinator or whatever they were before they got their shot. I don't have a problem with the Doug Peterson hire, honestly. I would love to know what happened with the Byron Leftwich thing because last week that felt like it was a short thing. It felt that way. But now it, he took apparently he took himself out of consideration. And then like hours after that, the Doug Peters, Peterson announcement came up. So who knows what's really going on behind the scenes down there in Jacksonville. But do I really have a problem with the Doug Peterson thing? No, not really. My problem is he's getting another chance. He's getting a second chance. And you got guys like Eric Bieniemy who haven't even gotten their first chance. You understand what I'm saying? That's the problem. These guys, like I saw Bill O'Brien's name on a list of minutes. Bill O'Brien, the guy who traded his team away? Come on, fam. No way. There's no way. Can't be. Can't be. Can't be. Come on, man. What are we doing here? These guys get second and, and third chances, man. Why? Why is that? How how can you line up, you know, fresh candidates and then here comes some bum who hasn't done anything and he cashes in his money in the bank and now he's a head coach. Like when John Gruden got hired by the Raiders, I didn't like that. I didn't like the Urban Meyer hire. I wasn't going to like the Jim Harbaugh hire. You guys don't know. <laughs> no. And, and I, I said this. When uh, Gruden got hired, last time Gruden was coaching, he wasn't winning. He wasn't winning. Takes all this time off and comes back and becomes a head coach. And what do you do with the Raiders? Come on, man. Come on. Come on. And, you know, this is a problem that I'm seeing with the current coaching carousel. Like today, like right now, going on right now, this is a problem. So last month, there was a tweet that tweeted, uh, somebody tweeted the top black candidates, a list that included Brian Flores, Eric Bieniemy, Byron Leftwich, Todd Bowles, Raheem Morris, and Patrick Graham. At the time, there were nine vacancies. Since then, five of them have been filled. Can you guess how many of them were filled by black candidates? You got it. Zero. Like I said, it seemed like Byron Leftwich had the Jags job in the bag, but that changed. He removed himself from consideration before Doug Peterson got hired. <clears throat> the sad thing is, once these jobs start to get filled, what seems to be left are the bottom of the barrel jobs. Bottom of the barrel jobs, when I say bottom of the barrel, I'm talking about Houston. We just saw what happened. In Houston with their black head coach fired him after one season we know Houston is a dumpster fire they have many problems they have a lot of racism from the top up there down there in Houston we know that Jacksonville I don't know what's going on with the Khan brothers or father and son I don't think they know how to do football they do know how to do wrestling though don't know how to do football that's not a job I want any Byron left what should take but it just fit he's been there he played there. It, it looked good. It could have been something. He's got Trevor Lawrence. It could have been something. 
But I don't want him to take that job. The Dolphins, another dumpster fire. They have problems on top of problems that started with firing Brian Flores. The last job left that has a lot like more positive more positives than negatives and, and more there is the Saints job. Sean Payton leaving New Orleans was a great thing for a lot of these candidates. And Eric Bieniemy has an interview with them soon. Would love to see Eric Bieniemy get that job. It's out of the AFC. You go to the NFC. Got a good offense down there. You got good pieces down there. You just got to figure out the quarterback situation. But that's not hard. Boom. You can do. You can make some shape down there. But Eric Bieniemy, who they bill as a top candidate, cream of the crop, every year. Every year when we get to after Black Monday and these jobs open up, jobs open up. We for the last at least three to four years, Eric Bieniemy's name has been at the top of the list. One of the best offensive coordinators in the game, bro. He's had one interview. And I, I, I always see people try to play the, oh, maybe he doesn't interview well car. What does that mean? How do you not interview well? What does that mean? Come on, man. Come on, they try to do anything. Try to do anything. But one interview so far, outside of the new one that he just got with the Saints. Like, do you, do you not see an issue with that? Eric Bieniemy had one team interview, but somehow... Somehow, some way, Josh McCown got a first and second interview with the Texans. If you guys don't know who Josh McCown is, Josh McCown was an NFL quarterback. He played football for a while. Listen, I'm sure Josh McCown is a great guy. I enjoyed watching him play for all 32 teams in 15 years. I did. But what in the world does Josh McCown know about coaching a professional football team? Tell me. Tell me. Somebody please tell me. I had somebody try to argue this with me. Bro, just because he's a quarterback does not mean he knows how to lead a team of grown men. No. Oh, he coached high school. High school? High school? Are you telling me because Josh McCown coached a group of guys who had to maintain a 2.0 to stay on the team, these guys, their biggest problems right now are finishing their exit tickets before practice. Like, no. You're not going to sit here and tell me just because Josh McCown was able to keep Jake, Jake focused on the game instead of his girlfriend, he can coach a bunch of grown men. There's no way. There's no way. No. I'm not here to dunk on Josh. I'm not. I don't want to ju- dunk on Josh McCown. Okay? I don't want... I'm not... That's not exactly what I'm here to do. But how can a volunteer high school football coach leap over a Super Bowl winning offensive coordinator? Make it make sense. Because it doesn't. It doesn't. Oh, Right. The last time Josh played, it was for the Texans. Common case of, it's not what you know, it's who you know. He has connections in Houston, yeah. 
Come on, man. Come on. There's, there, there's, there's nobody in their right mind who can sit here, look me in my eyes, and put together a strong case for why Josh McCown should be a head coach of any football team right now. Oh, he played quarterback. Okay, you guys act like he won. He didn't win. He was barely a starter. Come on, fam. What are we talking about here? What are we talking about today? And in totality, in the grand scheme of things right now, I don't really have too many gripes about the hire so far, except for the Chicago hire. I didn't get that one. Um, then when you look at with the B-Flow thing, maybe the, the Giants did something nasty. But I think they're all qualified, right? It's not like the Joe Judge and the Urban Meyer thing. But, man, it would be nice to see some color. When the Minnesota Vikings vet a black candidate for nine hours, this was when the, the, the Michigan, I mean, when the Harbaugh thing was impending. Like, imagine if they just hired Harbaugh the next day. Like, knowing you have your guy, you sit somebody down for nine hours. Like, it, it's just stuff like that, man. It's just the hiring process. It's so different. It just feels so different and so unfair. You know, I, black coaches deserve better, man. And real change won't happen unless somebody burns the system down. And that's exactly what it looks like Brian Flores has set out to do. So, that's what we'll finish with. The Brian Flores situation. Because I'm, I'm not... There's none of this surprised me. I, I, I believe everything he's been saying. And the way the NFL has handled it so far is it's the NFL. Why are we surprised? Are we surprised? Right. We're not, right? Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. So let's let's talk about some of the allegations and, and some of the things that the lawsuit um Addresses. So let's go back a couple days ago when this all started out. So I'm going to read a couple articles for you to give you guys a background on this and then I'll react. So former Miami Dolphins coach Brian Flores has filed a proposed class action lawsuit against the NFL and three of its teams, alleging racial discrimination by the league's teams and hiring processes. I mean, excuse me, in hiring practices. Flores suits comes on the first day of Black History Month and on the heels of the New York Giants election of Brian DeBow as her head coach. In documents filed on behalf of Flores in Manhattan Federal Court, the former coach, who was fired by the Dolphins despite a winning season, contends that his interview with the Giants was nothing more than a more nothing more than a move to satisfy the Rooney Rule, which now re- requires teams to interview at least two external candidate uh external minority candidates for all head coaching of uh, coaching vacancies the giants also interviewed buffalo bills defensive coordinator leslie frazier as well as patrick graham the team's defensive coordinator who was an internal candidate and would not have counted towards the Rooney rule requirements Let's see flores is seeking unspecified economic and punitive uh, damages as well as uh, injunctive relief to curb defendants discriminatory policies and practices Flores is <coughs> excuse me Flores is also demanding a jury t- trial 
Giants, Dolphins, and Denver Broncos are listed as defendants. Um, let's see. So let's go deeper into the suit. So let's start off with the Dolphins. So Brian Flores says, this is big, man. He says that the Dolphins owner, Steven Ross, told Flores that he would pay him $100,000 for each game they lost in 2019 in order to tank the season and get the first pick in the 2020 NFL draft. Fam. That's nasty. That's nasty. If if he can get... If there's any... The way this looks, it looks like there is legitimate documentation. If he has documented all of this stuff... Come on, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. If this is all documented, the league is in trouble. These owners are in trouble. But look what we're talking about here. The owners. I've always said it's always like we go back to the Kaepernick thing. And I told you guys how a lot of people were they just kept looking at the shield. The shield. It's the NFL. It's the shield. It's it's Goodell. And I'm just like, no, you're looking. Your your anger is dis it's it's uh it's misdirected. You're not looking at the right guy. I'm like, bro, Goodell is the puppet. Goodell is the fall guy. Goodell is the shield. And that's not you're, you're looking at these 31 owners. The Packers, we don't have an owner. We're owned by the people. Um, that's who you want, man. That's who you want. And I talked about this before. The the problem is. Unless your owner is Jerry Jones or Robert Kraft, you know, two guys who are in the media, two guys who people can recognize, you know, with the face. We don't a lot of we don't put names to these owners faces. They're, they're nameless faces. So you don't know who to point your finger at unless you're a fan of the team. Right. I couldn't tell you what I couldn't pick Stephen Ross out of a lineup right now. If you put seven white guys in front of me and told me one of them was Stephen Ross, I would not be able to pick him out. Why? One, I'm not a Dolphins fan, right? So I don't know who Stephen Ross looks like. I know his name. I don't know his face. You understand what I'm saying? And you can say that about the other 29. I mean, excuse me. About the um, the other 28 owners in the league. You don't know what they look like, man. You don't. You don't. So staying on the Miami side of things, I knew when they fired Brian Flores, it, it couldn't have been about X's and O's. It was probably more something to do. The first thing they said was the beef about, you know, between him, the GM, the owner, right? It's always about the higher-ups, man, and, and you could tell... Some of it probably was to do with the Tua thing, the Deshaun Watson thing. And and if that was it, okay. All right, y'all had differences about the quarterback situation. Y'all had differences about that, but he was winning games. So it just didn't make sense. Okay, all right, y'all frustrated about that. But the tanking, that's nasty. And if, if he can prove that, that's that's nasty, though. That's super bad, man. Super bad, super bad, like, uh, like awful, 
awful. But this is how much power these owners have, though. Yeah, I'll put $100,000 in your bank account every time you lose because I want the number one draft pick. Are you going to keep winning? Now I'm mad. Like, what? Nah, man. Nah. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's really crazy. So, let's see. Let's move on to the Giants part of this, right? So, after being fired by the Dolphins, Flores had an interview lined up with the Giants last month. But then he learned from New England uh, Patriots coach Bill Belichick that they were hiring another Brian instead. Brian DeBall, the white offensive coordinator from the Buffalo Bills. This was before Flores' interview with the Giants. In an exchange of text messages, Belichick apparently had confused Brian Flores with Brian DeBall. Here's what the text messages, how, how the messages went, so... Bill said, sounds like you've landed a job. Congrats. This is on January 24th. Brian said, did you hear something I didn't hear? Belichick replied, Giants with like question marks and exclamation marks and stuff like that. Blah, 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 blah. Flora said, I interview on Thursday. I think I have a shot at it. Belichick said, got it. I hear from Buffalo and New York. That you're that you are their guy. Um hopes it works out. <laughs> he said hopes it works out if you wanted to. Flores then said, Coach, are you talking to Brian Flores or Brian DeBall? Just making sure. Belichick says, Sorry I screwed this up. I double checked and misread the text. I think they are naming Brian DeBall. I'm sorry about that. Uh BB. Thanks, Bill. Flores said so <laughs> Belichick being just old just being an old man you know he probably ain't have his glasses on you know he probably just woke up from a grandpop nap you know and probably had a little long you know long nap right woke up talked to the dog said oh man let me text Brian and congratulate him on the Giants job he probably don't got nobody, no emojis on anybody's contact. You know, he didn't, if you might have, if he would have put like, you know, the white man emoji and the black man emoji, something like that to separate the two. I don't know, maybe a dolphin and a buffalo bill. I don't know, man. Something to differentiate the two Brian's in your phone. Right? So, Bill messes up. Blows the spot up that the ball is getting the job. This is before Flores interviewed. So if the ball got the job before Flores interviewed, because this is funny. The way this happened is funny, but it's not because you hired a guy. You got your guy already, but you're still going to bring in Brian Flores just to satisfy your Rooney rule need and just to keep him off your trails. Bro, that's crazy. Why would you do that? Why would you waste somebody's time when you already have your guy? Why? This is what I'm talking about. This is the disrespect that black coaches get in this league. They don't get respect. Oh yeah, you already got we already got our guy, but we're gonna bring you in just so you don't feel bad, right? Just so we don't feel bad because we don't care. We don't care. This is just checking off our boxes. 
This thing, this has been going on for years, and this is what I'm talking about. Not only are they not hiring black head coaches, hiring black head coaches, but they're not treating them fairly. They're not giving them a fair shake, even in the hiring process. So not only is it hard to become a head coach, you get your job. Not only is it hard to keep your job because you got the pressures of the, the top, right, bearing down on you. And then if you don't come into a good situation that's not fit to win now, you have to win now. You don't get a future as a black head coach. You don't get time to build. You don't get time. Look at how how quick they got rid of Brian Flores. Three seasons, two straight winning seasons. He just swept Bill and his Patriots, and they still got rid of him. It wasn't about X's and O's. If it was about X's and O's, Brian Flores would still have a job today. These are the games we play. They're not always on the field. When the clock stops on the field, it's still going. Off the field. The game does not stop. It's nasty out here. Then he goes back to 2019 to the the Broncos interview. Flores' Flores' lawsuit also uh, says that this sort of sham interview has happened previously. In 2019, he interviewed with the Denver Broncos. He said then Broncos general manager John Elway and CEO Joe Ellis were among those who showed up an hour late to the interview. They looked completely disheveled, and it was obvious that they had been drinking heavily the night before, the lawsuit says. It was clear from the, the substance of... The interview that Mr. Flores was interviewed only because of the Rooney rule and that the Broncos had never had any intention to consider him a legitimate candidate for the job. Shortly after Vic Fangio, a white man, was hired to be the head coach of the Broncos. Fangio was recently uh, fired by the Broncos after three seasons and a 19 and 30 record. Yikes. And of course, you know, the, the... they they would reply, you know, it's all false, blah, blah, blah. Uh, go back to the Dolphins. Flores was fired after three seasons in Miami where he finished 24-25, and 25, a record that included 10-6 last season, 9-8 and eight this season. He cited that other factors for losing lack of favor with um, Dolphins owner Stephen Ross. The lawsuit states that he was told that he was being terminated for poor collaboration which itself is uh, itself has discriminatory undertones. Mr. Flores' only failure to collaborate was his refusal to tank in 2019, which was requested by Mr. Ross, the lawsuit states, when he refused and then overperformed and led the team to winning records in two consecutive seasons with a roster few experts predicted could do so. I mean, that's very true. You know, and then he was fired. Dolphins finished 5-11 and that season, including wins in their final two games. Mr. Ross told Mr. Flores that he would pay him $100,000 for each game lost that season. Then, when the Dolphins started winning games, doing no small part to Mr. Flores' coaching, Mr. Flores was told by the team's general manager, Chris Greer, that Steve was mad that Mr. Flores' success in winning games that year was compromising the team's draft position. Ross wanted him to tank to secure the first pick in the draft, according to the lawsuit. The Dolphins ended up with the fifth overall pick in the next NFL draft and selected quarterback Tua Tagalovo. Uh, I hate his last name. Tua. Y'all come on. I don't t- tag Ovaloa. 
Okay, there we go. see. I, I just gotta sound it out. Tagovailoa. I don't say it often. I always call him Tua, cause I don't talk about him that much on the show anyway. He's not that good. Sorry, sorry, sorry. The Cincinnati Bengals selected quarterback Joe Burrow with the first overall pick and are now headed to the Super Bowl. <laughs> oh, that's tough. The Dolphins said in a statement Tuesday, "We are aware of the lawsuit through the media reports uh, that came out." This afternoon, we have we denied allegations. Okay, keep it tampering near the end of the same series. Flores says that Ross began to pressure him to record a prominent, uh, recruit a prominent quarterback in violation of the NFL tampering rules. The suit does not name the quarterback. Tom Brady was a free agent early 2021, but later signed for Tampa Bay. Um, so it's just really a lot of back and forth between him and Stephen Ross, the owner of the Dolphins. Um, it seems that th- those two were never on the same page with anything outside of the game. Um, it's a sad situation, man. Uh, Flores has done uh, several interviews on TV. One of the best quotes says, he says, God has gifted me with a special talent, talent to coach the game of football, but the need for change is bigger than my per- personal goals, Flores said. And making the decision to file the complaint, I understand that I may be risking coaching the game that I love and that has done so much for my family and me. My sincere hope is that by standing up against the system racism uh, in the NFL, others will come, will join, will Join me to ensure the positive change is made for generations to come. That hurts, man. That that right there hurts me. Because you work so hard to get to your you know, get to the top of the game. You know, you start from the bottom, you work with the Patriots, you come all the way up, and you finally get a shot to be a head coach, and this is how it ends. Right? Because I don't see Brian Flores getting another head coaching job. I don't know if he coaches in the NFL again after this. But this is going to get ugly. This is going to be bad. And I hope change comes out of it. Will it? I don't know. But it's time to pull the curtain down, man, and and see who's really pulling the strings. I tried to tell you guys this with the Kaepernick thing. It's the owners, man. It's the owners. And it's sad that Brian Flores has to ruin his career and... Take whatever bullets the NFL is going to throw to him. Speaking of the NFL, it's funny how Monday after Monday or Tuesday they, they said all of these things were without merit, right? But then they released a statement today, so the energy changed from the NFL. Monday it was all, oh, this is all false and this is fake news, blah blah blah. But now today, Roger Goodell released a statement. He said, "I want to." address uh, a subject that many of us have discussed together not only this week but consistently for many years racism and any form of discrimination is contrary to the nfl's values we have made significant efforts to promote diversity and adopted numerous policies and programs which have produced positive change in many areas however we must acknowledge that particularly with respect to the head coaches the results have been unacceptable. We will reevaluate and examine all policies, guidelines, and initiatives relating to diversity, equity, and inclusion, including as they relate to gender. We are retaining outside experts to assist in this review, and we will also solicit input from current and former players and coaches, advocates, and other authorities in this area. Our goal is simple. Make our efforts and those of the clubs more effective so that real and tangible results will be achieved. We understand the concerns expressed by Coach Flores and others this week. While the legal process moves moves forward, we will not wait to re- reassess 
and modify our strategies to ensure that they are consistent with our values and longstanding commitment to diversity, equity, and inclusion. In particular, we recognize the need to understand the lived experiences of diverse members of the NFL family to ensure that everyone has access to opportunity and is treated with respect and dignity. We also take seriously any issue relating to the integrity of the NFL games. These matters will be reviewed thoroughly and independently. We expect that these independent experts will receive full cooperation from everyone associated with the league or any member or club as this work proceeds there is much work to do and we'll embrace the, this moment and seize the opportunity to become stronger and more inclusive league it took Ron Flores to come out public and say yo I'm going to sue the league for this to happen I hope Brian Flores takes us to trial. I hope he takes the NFL to war. I hope he takes the Dolphins to war. I hope he takes the Giants to war. I hope he takes the Broncos to war. I don't want this to end happy for the NFL. I want this to end happy for Brian Flores. And I don't want him to settle. If if there's proof that all this... I don't want him to settle. I want to know how much they got to pay him. I want to know... I want the, the NFL to have to tell us how bad they f this up. I don't want this... Ducked off away. No. I want this to be as loud as they are when they fire black coaches or when they hire new white coaches. I want this to be as loud as that. Period. And that's all I got for you guys today. I'm going to be back Thursday. Back to our regular schedule, man. But I had to get this off. Um, thank you guys for tuning in, man. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure you keep listening to the episodes. Follow me on uh, Twitter at Electrified. No, at Eric Lyons TV and Instagram. Instagram at Electrified Pod. And for the 100th, 172nd time, I'm Eric Lyons, and you have just been Electrified. <laughs>